Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Several college football standouts from around the Big Sky Conference earned their way onto national watch lists earlier this week, including one each from the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Wednesday, Stats Perform expanded its watch lists for the Walter Payton and Buck Buchanan Awards given to the National Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, respectively. Montana junior linebacker Patrick O'Connell landed on the Buchanan watch list, while MSU running back Isaiah Fonse landed on the Payton watch list. O'Connell, a six foot two, 230-pounder out of Kalispell, leads the Big Sky Conference in total sacks with 10.5. He also ranks in the top 10 in the league with 16.5 tackles for loss and 77 total stops. Afonso, a former Washington Gatorade Player of the Year from Bellevue, currently leads the Big Sky and ranks second in the FCS with 1,124 rushing yards. He has six 100-yard games this season, giving him 14 in his already decorated career. Afonso and Portland State quarterback Davis Alexander were the two additions to the stats watch list this week. And around the Big Sky Conference, a few coaching moves transpired in recent days. Brian Katz, the second-longest tenured head coach in Big Sky Conference men's basketball, announced his retirement, citing health reasons, and Eastern Washington Offensive Coordinator Ian Shoemaker resigned abruptly, citing personnel reasons, despite EWU averaging more than 50 points and 600 yards of total offense per contest. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Happy Thursday. Hope you're having an awesome afternoon. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Great first hour of the show. A variety of interesting guests. 
Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports, swung on through. She has a new award. I'm not going to repeat it. You can go find it on the podcast. Also, got a River City Runners. Heard from a couple state champions. Tanner Klump from Missoula Sentinel. Kenzie May from Missoula Hellgate. And we heard from Chris Chudovitsky, the head coach for the University of Montana women's soccer team. You can find all that on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Sports Bet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Also, got another new podcast rolling, Soccer in Snow and Smoke. That's Andrew Houghton's soccer podcast. He caught up with the head coaches from all the state champions from around the state of Montana. So interesting one there. And he's also done a great job just covering soccer across all levels of soccer, Grizz soccer, high school soccer, everything. So go check out Soccer in Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast presented by ESPN Radio. Happy now to be joined in studio by a guy who's become a friend of mine these last couple months and a local volleyball aficionado. He's Nate Michael. He is the director of the Montana Volleyball Academy and uh, the all-class volleyball tournament began today in Bozeman. So, first of all, Nate, thanks so much for taking some time, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. How are you? It's good to be here. Yeah, man. Great to be here. Uh, the all-class volleyball tournament, for those that haven't been to this, I've covered sports around the Northwest for 16 years now in some form or fashion. And I would say the only high school sporting event that rivals the Montana all-class volleyball tournament is the all-class wrestling tournament in Washington. All-class wrestling tournament in Montana is pretty cool, too. But this thing in Bozeman at Brick Breed and Fieldhouse, I mean, you've been, I'm sure, many times. It's oh, yeah. awesome, man. All, all in one place, all the courts. You, you, you can watch all those different games. So you're, everyone's watching different classes, different things. And, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Parents love it. The kids love it. The kids go nuts. And when you, when they make state, it's just, it, like, makes their world. And yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's so fun, too, because... Each court is a different classification. So mm-hmm. you got your double A court, your A court, your B court, and your C court. And watching the different classes watch each other is so fun too. Yeah. Like I remember when I was back at the Bozeman Chronicle, that was a moment in time when Belt was a, a big time class C program. But the Belt girls would always stick, stick around to watch Building Senior, to watch Lewistown. Mm-hmm. And so you just get this intermingling and it just show I mean, I just thought it was so fun to watch. It's just a great spectacle. So if you're ever in Bozeman this time of year, Go check it out. You're certainly going to enjoy yourself. Yeah, or you should just drive to Bozeman and check it out, even if you're not there. Man, For just, sure. Just go, just go check it out, man. It's a, it's a lot of good volleyball happening. It absolutely is. Uh, let's talk first and foremost about some of the results for the day. Maybe the one that's a uh, little bit surprising, Missoula Sentinel, which came in as one of the top seeds in this tournament in Class AA. They lost a heartbreaker. Uh, to Billing Senior, do you have any intel on this one? They did. I know. I know they lost by two points in the fifth set. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you know the the, the East they're deep. So yeah. you you go four seeds in, you're still going to face a really really tough team. And uh, and Sentinel they've they've got the pieces that can do it. They've got the pieces that can go all the way. But I think they just got themselves into a dogfight early, and you get into a fifth set, and man, it, that it can go either way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think they can come through through the bottom of it, and, and hopefully find themselves still playing on Saturday. That's the other part that's awesome about this. It's very similar to like softball, right, where yeah. even if you do lose in the first round, you mm-hmm. can still come up and still win the championship, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you you lose one. It's a true double elimination, and so you can fight your way back. They've got a long road. They've got a bunch of matches tomorrow now to try and catch themselves back up. But, um, but yeah, they can, they can do that, and you can, you can find yourself back into the championship to win it. Other double-A scores from today, Billings West outlasts Kalispell Glacier in four sets. Great Falls CMR, a sweep over Butte. And uh, as of the last update I've seen, Bozeman had a two-set lead over Kalispell Flathead. So 
And the East is looking good. <laughs> the East is, yeah, right. The, the dominant first day for the East, for sure. Uh, in Class A, the bracket is looking like this so far. Miles City beat Hamilton. Uh, so then Miles City's on to play Polson. Corvallis swept Harden. Haver swept Ronan. And Billing Central swept Dillon. So uh, no Lewis down in the bracket. That was the dynasty for a long time. And then the Class B level, uh, you got... Several different results are in. Shoto outlasted Jefferson in five sets. Townsend over Thompson Falls in four sets. Huntley Project, of course they did, swept Malta, and they await the winner of Glasgow, Florence Carlton. So You can just send Huntley Project. Probably, <laughs> probably just through the whole thing if you want. Yeah, they're kind of always there. So that's the question I want to ask you. Then, yeah. Is building dynasties at the high school level any sport, one of the central commonalities is always the coach, of course. Yeah. I remember when Jeff Carroll was at Billings Senior, he was one of the best in AA, and then Billings Senior was always good. But what else goes into this? Because volleyball more than any other sport, like, I I, I would not have had to pay, I could pay attention to volleyball, not at all. I could go live on the other side of the globe, and I would know that Huntley Project is in the state tournament, at the very least, right? Why? Why is that? You you know, they get, they get, they get their kids playing early. So I think those, those programs, they have, uh, they have good feeder schools from the, from the middle schools, and they're not just, they're not just playing um, in season during the, during the fall, but they're starting to play some club ball. They're starting to do some of the things in the spring together. And I think the places that get that fire lit, like really early when they're in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, that's that's what does it. Because by the time that you need your sophomores, juniors, and seniors to go win a state title for you, they've they're just way more experienced than everybody else. And I think you saw that with with Jeff Carroll. You see that at Huntley Project, and then even you know the the um, the past few state winners that haven't been dynasties, never you know, but they but they've won the past couple. Um, they have had they've had good club system programs in their towns. Those kids have been uh, been playing for a long, long time at a high level, and I think that's the main difference. Nate Michael joining us here in studio is the director for the Montana Volleyball Academy and our uh, local volleyball expert. Let's talk about that influence, the the club influence, because it seems as if um, particularly in in soccer and volleyball that making it into a year-round sport is almost necessary in terms of being able to develop to play at like the varsity level in Montana. So uh, that's kind of what you guys do, right? And so how is the rise of club sort of influences the volleyball scene. It, it's helped. I think it's helped. It's helped the overall level of play um, with it within the state. We're seeing way more girls from the state. One uh, go to high, like high level college yeah. and like one, there's a, there's some, there's some girls that are just physically dominant. They're going to go to those places anyway. But sure. I think we've seen uh, a lot more girls that are just, they have more skill now mm-hmm. um, because they're, they are, they're playing club at a, at a different level. Um, and there's a lot more clubs in the area that aren't just playing club in Montana. There's a lot more clubs in our area that are traveling out of state. They're going to Arizona. They're going to Las Vegas. They're going to Washington and Seattle and, and doing those doing those kinds of tournaments. And I think that when you see other levels at different places that they'd start to make really it's volleyball's accelerating. Have so. you coached club uh, in other states? I have. I've coached in California and in Texas. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. So those are two uh-huh. big time states big, yeah, for big, sure. Big time states. And this then club here was still I've, I've lived here for about 12 years now, and yeah. it was still kind of just getting going. And so we're just, to me, we're just seeing kind of the start of it, um, right. of, how, of how big it can kind of get. Yeah, so. this has only been about a decade since this has been a sort of yeah. a thing, right, uh-huh. a, a trend. Um, I asked you if you'd coached outside the state only because I find this interesting. I think that there's sort of this cliche notion that 
uh, Montana athletes oftentimes are under-recruited. But I also think we've seen this huge tipping point, especially with female athletes. Yeah. The best female athletes in Montana from a variety of sports, whether it's basketball, volleyball, track and field particularly, mm-hmm. there's no overlooking. I mean, this is there's nope. Power 5 schools coming here all the time. I, mean, I remember oh, yeah. when I first moved back to Montana, I think there was like seven girls that went to the Power 5 for track and field alone. So yeah. uh, it seems as if, though... Montana produces particularly exceptional female athletes. It, it does, it does, and they're they're like I said before. There are some there are some of the female athletes here that are just they're physical specimens. Right. They're they're tall. They can jump. They've got great arms. Great physical strength. Um, yeah. One of the uh, when I, when I first moved here, I knew a coach. He was uh, coaching at USD, and uh, and we were trying to say, hey, yeah, we've got this player. And he's like, no, don't worry. I got a guy in Montana that uh, helps me find these kids. Yeah, yeah. And everybody like wants to have that. Every big time coach has that person. In Montana that they want to go find that diamond in the rough and they want to go do that and so there, there's there's always been eyes here the uh, the evolution of sports uh, just in terms of the infiltration of technology has been interesting to me as a Montanan as well 15 years ago I never would have thought in my life I'd be seeing Butte High School run the spread offense in football but yeah they, but they do right because you can get the film you can learn how to do it teach the kids from a volleyball perspective, has that sort of stuff evolved as well? Absolutely. Like, um, the blocking schemes are starting mm-hmm. to change. Like, when I got here, a lot of the high schools were still pretty basic, um, slow offense, even through the middle. Um, but now, like, the high school offenses are getting way better. Um, the blocking is changing. They're going faster. Um, there's a lot more second tempo out to each pin. Uh, it's it's changed a ton. Um, and and I do. I think the coaches are getting more more educated. They're trying to keep up with, like, the Jeff Carrolls, who were just winning for so long. Right. he was. He was two steps ahead of everybody I feel like um and so yeah I think that's definitely happening what do you think is the hardest position in volleyball to develop the setter is the hardest to develop right yeah because um one they, they need to be a physically gifted athlete um they need to have exceptional hands like to be able to to, to locate the ball um and they just need the the amount of reps that it takes to be good that is I think that what makes it the hardest and that's why like with so many kids playing so much more volleyball around here, the setting is will the setting is getting better, and that's how the offenses are getting better um, because that kid is getting so many more touches on the ball than she was before. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the hardest one to develop. I think that, and then middles because they need, they just need they have to have a certain amount of size, right? And they have to have a high IQ to be able to play that game. Totally, Nate Michael joining us here in studio. We're talking all things volleyball. The all class volleyball tournament for the high school level began in Bozeman today, so we'll keep you up to date for that through the weekend. We forgot to mention your wife, Allison Lawrence, is the yeah. head coach of the University of Montana women's or, uh, volleyball team. And she was saying the same thing because we were talking, and she was saying uh, one time they lost their setter and how uh-huh. detri- it's It's like akin to losing your quarterback in oh, football, right? Oh, yeah, completely. Like, because it. it it has the pace for the entire offense. And so everybody's footwork timing is is determined by how that setter paces the ball and even kind of the setter's body movements and how she even touches the ball. So as soon as that changes, it ripple effects throughout everybody else. And because she touches the ball every single play, it's it, it affects it greatly. The I also find this fascinating, and this is something from working with Andrew, our producer now, he has taught me so much about all the intricacies of soccer. Mm-hmm. I think that football caters to talk radio so much because we hear all these analysts that are teaching us about football. You have right. John Gruden, you have Peyton Manning, all these guys. And so then I learned early in my career that learning the intricacies of strategy was very important, yeah. particularly if you wanted to talk to coaches on a real level mm-hmm. because head football coaches at the college level, they're not going to answer your questions if you don't know something about football. But I, I do feel like that element is sort of lost on some of the exterior sports 
So is there a parallel in terms of strategic change, or is there something that's happened to the game of volleyball that's changed akin to, like, the read option in football? Is is the is the game more wide open, faster? Is there anything that's changed that's like a sort of like a, a, a unlocking of, of a code? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been changes. I mean, you can go, it depends how far you want to go back, but I mean, yeah, there's been like some epic changes, and yeah, all sports have those those things that uh, yeah, like you said, there's just there's just more to it than than, meet, than meets the eye, and volleyball doesn't have as many moving parts as as football does. I mean, that's sure. just that's just uh, you know that's on a different level, but um, but yeah, I think that what's what's basically happened with volleyball over the past like 20 years is the speed of it mm-hmm. um, and being able to it used to be when when they had you could run a first tempo ball in the middle that was a huge thing like like when the Chinese first started doing it in the okay. Olympics. So what does you know? that mean? And so that that means right there is that you you set it ta- they are in the air when the setter has the ball. Got it. And so it right. takes it's right. so it's what first tempo zero tempo there is one step left. So then the you're hitting at the apex jumping. of your jump. Yeah, right, right okay. when the setter has it. And now um, you know it's a goal to not just have those things when the hitter is right next to the setter, but they are running those kinds of routes in first and second tempo um, twenty feet away from the setter right. on the other pin. And that's when it got really fast. And then with the size of the athlete, then the block right. had to start catching up to that. And so they started swing blocking. Um, so instead of moving their blockers around kind of statically and shuffling their feet, now they're taking full open jumping approaches to try and block. And now the game's gotten so fast to where you actually have to call in your blocking play. Um, at, the high, at the high levels, mm-hmm. you're like, you're going to commit here. You're going to do this. If she does this, then you're committing to this player. And you call in your blocking play to even try to slow an offense down. There's a certain level of uh, tenacity, perseverance that goes into making it as a sort of non-prototype size mm-hmm. in a lot of sports. I think some people look at volleyball, especially at the college level, and just think, well, how do you ever get into this unless you're just born six foot three? Yeah. Is there a great equalizer, though? There is. Yeah, you can be a libero. You can be a defensive yeah. guru and, yeah, yeah. and get in there. Yeah, they, we had a, on our club team, we had a, a girl. Uh, she was actually from Spokane and came out and played with us. Uh, and I think she was she was under five feet. Like, she was probably four foot eight. Mm-hmm. And, man, but, man, she was lightning fast and inspired everybody. And you couldn't put a ball down on her. And she was the reason that we won, you know. So you, you can. Uh, at the net, no. You're, <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Six four or six four. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You got to touch a certain height, you know, to be able to do that. But uh, but no, you you still can. And I feel like there was a trend that people were going to big big setters. And of yeah. course, you can you can use that in the front row. And there, if you have a big setter, that's still great. But I also see things going back the other way a little bit. They're taking the smaller setter who's smart and knows how to run the offense. And even though it might be a little bit of a blocking liability, they're, they're starting to do that a little bit. And so yeah, you can still you can still crack your way in if you're under six foot. One thing that I always think is fascinating when it comes to men's sports in America is that football and basketball have such huge spotlights that I feel like so many great athletes gravitate towards those and maybe don't ever even get exposed to other sports. I always There's always the argument of why is the United States men's international team in soccer mm-hmm. not as good on an international level? Whereas the women's is the best in the world. Right. A lot of our best women athletes in America play soccer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I always thought to myself, well, what if, you know, 
Odell Beckham Jr. played soccer instead of football, right? He, there's no way he wouldn't be a great soccer player. He's so fast and big and strong. Yeah. But then I always think about this as more applicable to men's volleyball than anything oh, in the world, God. right? Yeah. Like, imagine if Dwight Howard would have chosen to play volleyball. No, I don't want to imagine that. I mean, you're talking 6'10 <laughs> yeah. yeah. with a 40-inch vertical. I mean, this guy right. would be like a murderer on the volleyball yeah. court, right? The average, I think the average, uh, this was a way back, this was way, a little ways back, but I think the average touch uh, of, like, taking three steps and then jumping, um, the average men's height on a on a national team was like eleven six or eleven eight. Sure. So I mean that's tall. That's yeah, big. That's a big sure. touch. But yeah, what is what Dwight Howard what touches like 12, 12 13 sure. feet? Like, I mean, so like there's the legend- like, I don't even I don't even I don't even want to know what that's there's like. There's the legendary story of Kevin Garnett at yeah. the NBA draft combine where he jumps right. up and hangs off the top of the backboard, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think the top of the backboard's twelve and a half feet. Yeah. So Remember Chase Bootinger? Oh, yeah, chance? absolutely. absolutely. That, I was in San Diego when he was still in high okay. school, so yeah. So tell people this story, because uh-huh. for those that don't remember, Chase Bootinger is probably, if you know who he is, you probably know him as the guy who played basketball at Arizona and then in the NBA, but mm-hmm. he was also like the best volleyball player in the country, right? Yes, he was, and he's, he's on the AVP right now. Like he, he's, Oh, he is? Oh, yeah, he's on the AVP. I love he's, that. He's playing in the sand right now, and you can't touch that guy. He's I a love wall. That. You can't hit by him, um, but yeah, that's that's one example of just, hey, great athletes are great athletes, and yeah, <laughs> it did. but yeah, he played for, uh, I think it was La Costa Canyon or something down in yeah. San Diego was his high school, and, uh, and yeah, that guy was a stud. Well, we have that sort of, I have a similar uh, example of that here in Missoula. One of my good buddies, Sean Wren, who I take my spin classes with, he's a former Grizz punter, but he's a great volleyball player. Too. At least he was until he tore his Achilles. I know, man. He was my assistant coach. Oh, yes, was he? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I yeah. figured you guys must have known each other. Yeah, he's been a buddy of mine for a while. And uh, and yeah, he was went back, he played for Long Beach State, yeah. and then ended up punting for the for the Grizz. And yeah, it's just... <laughs> we used to always tell him, like, man... It's cool to play for the Grizz and everything, but like you're the punter, man. Why aren't you playing like international level volleyball? Because yeah. he's a sweet volleyball player. Yeah, he's player. a good volleyball player. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. Well, shout out to Sean if, if by chance he's listening. And yeah. uh, hopefully that Achilles is getting better, buddy, because you need to keep playing that volleyball, especially in the sand. Nate Michael joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio talking all things volleyball. All right, so I want to ask you about this because yep. there's a lot that goes into. Collegiate sports, especially at mid-major conferences like the Big Sky Conference, and uh-huh. so much of it is revenue-based and, and what your school and your conference are going to prioritize. Um, but it's always seemed like a big challenge at the Montana schools to build successful volleyball programs. Yeah, And it makes sense to me why maybe Sacramento State has always been good. Mm-hmm. But how has Northern Colorado and Weber gotten good? I guess what does it take to build a successful program in a league like the Big Sky where – most schools are probably putting a higher priority, especially financially, on football and basketball. Yeah, you know, I, I, it, is, it is, though. Like, it, it does you, – you mentioned the financial component, and that, that is part of it. Um, but uh, but it's, 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 it is recruiting. And I know right. there's, there's, there's spots, like, other than Sacramento State, like you mentioned, like Weber. Um, but Weber's kind of got – they've gotten some sort of pipeline come in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and Utah has really good volleyball. Utah has um, really good there. high school sports, They do, man. yeah. And so, like, they've gotten a, a way to, to keep those kids there. And, yeah. and do that, um, and and I think one, I think the Big Sky in general is doing an amazing job of raising their RPIs, sure. getting a whole lot better there. Volleyball, it seems like vo- it's gotten a lot better. Volleyball in in the Big Sky Conference is night and day to me what it was like ten years ago. Right, um, and I think I think both Montana schools are on the rise. I mean, Bo- sure. Bozeman's hitting. Bo- they, they, 
I think they finished. No, I think they got upset last year in the conference tournament. But sure. they went in as the second seed, um, and they're starting to they're starting to keep some of the bigger Montana players here in the state. There's a couple that are still leaving. You know, going to Boise State and going to Wazoo and, and doing a few things like that. But um, but I feel like for both the Montana schools, that's going to be key. One, they've got to keep the best players in the state home. Um, and uh, and even even if the best ones leave, the second tier ones got to stay here. Um, and yeah, they've most of them have. Coincidentally, I think there's both schools are starting to get more. Even there's been some Texas and California kids that are starting to come because there's a lot uh-huh. of people that really want to come to Montana. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm especially, torn over this es- phenomenon, especially in the past like couple of years. <laughs> yes. like, it's it started to happen. Yes, um, but yeah, it's finding those recruiting pools and those recruiting niches and getting those kids to to, to stay here. I think this that that's the biggest deal. Well, very cool to watch the sport grow. I always love when sports grow, and it seems like. A lot of sports in Montana, but particularly the last two that we just talked about here on Nuanas Now have grown a tremendous amount, both soccer and volleyball. Nate Michael with me in studio. Tell people a little bit about how they can get involved with your academy because this seems like a good opportunity for the youth around our community. It is. It's a it's a great opportunity. And there's clubs like in in all it, like pretty much every city has a volleyball club now that you can be a part of. And uh, you could honestly, if you just Google it, you can probably find the tryouts that you can get to and, and start to be a part of it. Um, most of the clubs either have a tryout or some of them have enough teams to where they can kind of house everybody and get everybody into tournaments. The AAU system here is great for yep. volleyball because they just have it's they they start after the basketball season so you can get your basketball season kind of over and done with and then you can play some AAU ball. They have tournaments pretty much every weekend, Saturdays or Sundays, depending how old you are. But yeah, the, the, you can go to goMVA.com for uh, for Montana Volleyball Academy stuff. We're going through our tryout processes right now. Uh, Zoo Town is another club in Missoula. Yep. I think they're uh, Z, uh, ZTVolleyball.com. They do a great job. Um, and uh, but it, it is it, if you can get involved in youth volleyball and get your kid playing early it's 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 the best way it gives them a leg up for making their high school teams and doing all that and uh, yeah it's it's a pretty fun way to to spend your time well last thing for you because i know that you've been uh working at the athletic department down at the university of montana as well uh, yeah. on the grids vision i gotta know this over under fifty thousand emails when they didn't play Cotton Eye Joe the first couple games. Ah, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't my department. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was over. I mean, <laughs> you never in your life thought that something that's been on repeat for twenty years yeah. would be so controversial. But that's the only thing I heard about from the first month of the Grizz season. Nothing about anything besides. Why don't they play Cotton Eye Joe anymore? I did. I've, I've got uh, when, when I'm when I'm I'm in there and I'm you know pressing buttons to put cameras on the jumbotron or whatever, and I'm listening to the marketing director. And I I know I think it was the over. <laughs> I think it was the over. Well, they got it back going. Nate, thanks so much for being here, man. This was awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. What's Bobby Houck think about a trip to Flagstaff? Well, a lot of people don't remember Coach Houck used to live in Flagstaff. Some memories from the early on. In Bobby Houck's football career, right after this, Nuana's now. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. 
Several college football standouts from around the Big Sky Conference earned their way onto national watch lists earlier this week, including one each from the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Wednesday, Stats Perform expanded its watch lists for the Walter Payton and Buck Buchanan Awards given to the National Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year, respectively. Montana junior linebacker Patrick O'Connell landed on the Buchanan watch list, while MSU running back Isaiah Fonse landed on the Payton watch list. O'Connell, a six foot two, 230-pounder out of Calisper, Leads the Big Sky Conference in total sacks with 10.5. He also ranks in the top 10 in the league with 16.5 tackles for loss and 77 total stops. Afonso, a former Washington Gatorade Player of the Year from Bellevue, currently leads the Big Sky and ranks second in the FCS with 1,124 rushing yards. He has six 100-yard games this season, giving him 14 in his already decorated career. Afonso and Portland State quarterback Davis Alexander were the two additions to the stats watch list this week. And around the Big Sky Conference, a few coaching moves transpired in recent days. Ryan Katz, the second longest tenured head coach in Big Sky Conference men's basketball, announced his retirement, citing health reasons. And Eastern Washington offensive coordinator Ian Shoemaker resigned abruptly, citing personnel reasons, despite EWU averaging more than 50 points and 600 yards of total offense per contest. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. In your uh, mid-30s, in the early 1990s, you're so lucky. Had to be some of the greatest times, especially with music. Welcome back, ESPN Radio. It's Nuanas Now. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can find them at the corner of Stevens and Mount here in the Garden City. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Earlier in the show, we tried to give you some free mimosas and brunch from the AC Hotel. And uh, no caller, so we'll do it again. 888 caller number one. We got two vouchers from the AC Hotel for brunch at any time. You can have some... Avocado toast, some mimosas, some Bloody Marys. 406-888-1029. Call that number right now. We're going to hook you up. No doubt about it. The uh, If you heard there in the Sports Center, a couple coaching changes in the Big Sky Conference, a couple resignations. And uh, I know I'm sort of stuck on Brian Katz from Sacramento State. I've mentioned it multiple times. Most people around Montana are sitting there thinking, well, who cares? Who, who gives a dang about the head coach for the Sacramento State men's basketball team? Well, here's where I'm at. I want the league to be good. And by that, I don't mean I want everyone to win. That's not possible. In an 11 or 12 team league, you will have the stratification of records across the board, particularly in a sport like basketball, where unlike football, you actually play everybody, or at least uh, I guess now there is a round robin, so you do play everyone. So therefore, I want the team that's going to win eight of their 20 conference games to be well-coached and have good players. Brian Katz 
in 14 seasons at Sac State, never uh, chased the conference title all but one year. He had Mike McKinney, who was the MVP of the league, and ironically, actually, probably one of the primary factors of the Big Sky moving their conference basketball tournaments to a neutral site came because Sac State almost won the league. If Sac State would have won the league that year, it would have been incredibly tough for them to host the Big Sky Conference tournament because of their facility. It's very small. Their exterior facilities, they don't have a lot of place for practice time. So what I'm getting at is that, again, every league every year is going to have a first-place team and they're going to have a last-place team. I want the teams that are in the middle to the bottom of the league to have some semblance of respectability. And when a guy like Brian Katz retires, it's a bummer because Brian Katz is a very good in-game coach. He's a good recruiter. Sac State, again, they might be sort of signed, still delivered as the 6-8 to eight seed every single year, but their best player is going to be one of the best players in the league. It just it adds to the entertainment value. It adds to the experience for the fans. So hopefully Sac State can keep it going because I do think having a guy that is coaching at his alma mater is dedicated to his craft, like Brian Katz, I think that's important uh, in the Big Sky Conference. It's time now for our Hauk Highlights, which is a one-on-one conversation between myself and Montana head coach Bobby Hauk. It's presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. Paul Ryan, one of the most respected names in law in the state of Montana. He has won top attorney in Missoula 13 different times. And Paul is now excited to announce the expansion of his firm to Ryan Holloway and Miller. Nate Holloway and Angie Miller, just like Paul Ryan, have a fierce love for this Missoula community. So no matter what your legal needs are, from medical malpractice to wrongful death to criminal defense, Ryan Holloway and Miller should be your first call. They have a 24 hours a day, seven days a week answering service. So anytime you have a legal need, call Ryan Holloway and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Bobby Houck from before Wednesday's practice. Well, I want to ask you about your time at NAU. I think that that's maybe not something that people remember because it was a long time ago. But you were there for, what, two seasons? Is that two right? Two seasons, yep. Who, what, whose staff were you on? Steve Axman was the head coach. Okay. Ax is a great dude. And he, he came back around in the Big Sky, right? Did he come back to Montana once upon a time? Or I feel like he was in the Big Sky again. He came back and coached our quarterbacks here in, like, 2006, I think. In fact, it was 2006. You're at Josh Schwager year, right? I remember that. Okay. Uh, so what are some of your memories of Flagstaff? Because I'm my family's actually from Sedona, Arizona, and so I spent a lot of time in Flag. I love Flag. Did you like your time there? I did. I loved it. It's a great town. Uh, it's a cool place to live. It's, uh, it's, it's cool that, you know, like you mentioned, Sedona, you can drive. It's 23 miles down Oak Creek Canyon to Sedona. You drop like 3,000 feet, and then Phoenix is the north end of Phoenix, an hour and a half away. So you can drive, you can get the snow and the mountains, and you can get good weather. Do you remember any of your players from back then? You were coaching outside linebackers, right? I was. I remember a lot of them. Um, we had we had a lot of good guys. We had good teams. I think the two years I was there, we were 7-4 and four both years. Were, we had good teams. Good staff. Good good players. It was fun. There's so many connections to Flagstaff and Missoula too, especially then because Coach Sauer spent so much time there as well. Uh, but also it seems like Flagstaff's kind of a similar town to Missoula, right? I mean, do you see sort of parallels? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I think the the vibe in the town is really similar. Um, 
Yeah, it's just right in the mountains. It's a cool place. What, recruiting there, was that difficult, or what was recruiting like to, to northern Arizona? Um, I'm trying to remember. I had... I had the city of Phoenix, Vegas, and San Diego. And uh, so those are good areas to recruit and a lot of good kids. So it's, uh, you know, it's easy to get there. Kids could come for games on the weekends and a lot of, a lot of good players regionally there. That's not bad having Vegas when you're a young coach either, huh? <laughs> Vegas, San Diego, and Phoenix. That was administrative error. <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't realize either that uh, you had crossed paths with Chris Ball and you guys were good buddies. He was telling me you guys go fishing every summer so what have you thought of just uh, his influence on that program so far well you know i've heck i mean i even knew coach Quintera right uh way back before axe so but all the head coaches in nau the last as long as i can remember i've had a high regard for joe salem's kids are friends of mine so uh high regard for a lot of guys that have been through there and and Chris Ball's a great guy, and he's doing a great job, and, you know, I hope good things for him, except for when we play him. Well, I know when Robbie was coming out here, when your son was coming out, Northern Arizona was on the radar. He went there for a minute, so uh, did you have, I mean, is that sort of a, I know it's not your decision, it's his decision, but were you satisfied with him going to play for a guy like Jerome? Because it seems like Jerome's had a lot of respect around the league for a long time. Yeah, I was excited when, uh, you know, the, it really came down to uh, Cal Poly, NAU, and uh, the United States Military Academy with him, and, and I was excited he was going to go play for Jerome, yeah. Well, this weekend, uh, what do you think the key factors are? How's practice been this week? And, uh, you know, I, it's always a weird place to play, so why do you think that is? Well, I don't think that. No, you don't? Okay. <laughs> it's just pretty linear. Well, what do you think of just the matchup, the trip to flag? Um, you know, it's always, a, I think it's a good place to play. Um, I think both teams will play really hard, and I'm excited to watch it go. Yep. So there you go, Montana head coach. Bobby Houck. It's part of our Houck highlights presented by Ryan Holloway and Miller. University of Montana plays at Northern Arizona. Bobby Houck was there for two years on Steve Axman's staff, as you heard him say there. Those are some good NAU teams. We're bringing now Andrew Houghton, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as our producer here at ESPN Missoula, into the fold to talk a little bit about this. Mitch Stroman put this in perspective for me yesterday, Andrew, when he was on the show. Uh I, I couldn't really figure out why Northern Arizona seemed so anonymous to me, but then I realized there were several factors. One, when I first started Skyline Sports and we first started building this thing, a couple of the guys that helped me the most in terms of teaching me about football and also just always being gracious with their time answering their questions, there, there, was, the, there was the big three. Well, I guess Rob Ash was in that mix too uh, at Montana State. So, but Rob Ash for sure at Montana State. Coach Delaney here at Montana. But more than anybody... Mike Kramer when he was at Idaho State, Tim Walsh when he was at Cal Poly, and Jerome Sowers when he was at Northern Arizona. Those guys were sort of the resident historians for their programs. And a guy like Krams, he just knows everything about the Big Sky Conference, period. So not having Jerome Sowers at NAU, that's definitely one thing that added to the anonymous nature in my brain of Northern Arizona. But more than anything, though, NAU hasn't been to Missoula since McKenna Simmons was playing quarterback on a freezing cold day back in 2017. This was like round one of Andrew working with me at Skyline. The Grizz haven't been to flag since 2016. I usually try to go when the Grizz go or the Cats go down to Northern Arizona because my family's from down there. I haven't been to flag since 2015 because that's the last time the Cats were there and I didn't go. The Grizz haven't been there since 16 and I didn't go the one time the Cats have been there since then. So 
it's just totally bizarre that you have teams in the same league that haven't like it's it's blasphemous on honestly that Montana hasn't been to, to Northern Arizona in, in five years. It's just stupid. It's a trip. It's like traditional rivals. These te- these schools know each other. They want to play each other. It just seems silly. The perils of the unbalanced schedule, right? Which <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could complain about the unbalanced schedule for Forever, Big Sky football because right. it affects so many things, which we we talk about all the time. I think this is one of the worst ones that it does affect because now you're coming in with the the two rivals, whatever, and I I forget how they picked them, right? But a lot of these schools have. More, you know, Montana, every every school in the conference sure. is a rival, right? And you're right. not going to get those games every year. I know. And, like, this is how silly the unbalanced schedule is. And you're right. We don't want to waste too much time because it's an unsolvable problem on our end. There's no advice or analysis or scrutiny we could give to change any of it. But here we are right now. The guys that are the seniors on the Grizz are on their second straight road trip they've never made before. That's crazy. And they're in conference games. That's stupid. <laughs> I, I don't even know what else to say. It's just it's just objectively silly. Let's talk about this actual game, though. The, because Northern Arizona has sort of occupied an anonymous segment in my brain, I don't have a real analysis of what Chris Ball has done since taking over there. I think it was very clear that it was much different at NAU than under Jerome Sowers. The number one indicative property being that they had a mass exodus of players right when Chris Paul took over. Not uncommon for a coaching change. But Mitch Stroman, voice of the NAU Lumberjacks, yesterday on the show, said their recruiting has been lights out, been through the roof, national level, on the FCS level. I think that's uh, being proven at least by the, the skill in their offensive backfield because they have very talented players at both quarterback and running back that are both freshmen. But I know you've done some research on this team, Andrew, and uh, you have a, a good insight on SkylineSportsMT.com. Just kind of d- diagnosing some of the players and storylines to watch in this game. But what's your take on NAU? Where are they at? Just in the Big Sky Conference. Is Chris Ball doing a good job? I mean, where, where, where are they at? Well, I think it's... Really difficult to say whether Chris Ball is doing a good job because this is technically his third season. Sure. You had the spring season. I mean, really, it's the second season, right. and there's so much, you know, off time that goes into it. It's impossible to judge, right? Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about this team is they do have the young guys on offense with quarterback R.J. Martinez, running back Kevin Daniels, but their guys on defense are really experienced, man. Carson Taylor, their defensive end, has been there since 2016. Yeah, he's been there a while. Morgan Vest has been there for a while, even yeah. though he transferred in after junior college. Here's my take on this game, Coulter. I think that this is just a really weird game for yeah. a number of reasons. Not because of anything that NAU is going to do. Not because of like game plan reasons. I, mean, I think there are interesting things to talk about with NAU's roster and scheme and stuff, especially with the freshman quarterback. But the whole feeling around this game is just... it's. It's off a little bit. I think there are a number of reasons for that. First of all, everybody's been looking forward to Montana and Montana State this whole year. Right. This is the last week before. I mean, it's been, man, the biggest the biggest tease of all time because we've gone 11 weeks. Yeah. We're one week away from the Brawl of the Wild now. It seems like it's going to live up to the hype. we got to do this one first, and we got to focus on this game. The other thing is, this is the Grizz, Grizzlies' first road trip of the year. They haven't played back-to-back road games yet, right? Right. So you're you're dealing with that. I mean, that's just it's like, man, this little speed bump before you had you have your date with destiny. 
And it, it's just, I'm sure that doesn't affect the players at all or the coaching staff. It just feels off to me. No question. And the, 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 uh, the cliche that's been thrown around all week for both these teams is trap games because they are playing a couple teams from the middle to bottom half of the Big Sky Conference standings. Of course, the Bobcats host Idaho on Saturday. But I do think it's distinct advantage Bobcats in terms of who they play this week. Not necessarily because Idaho's worse than NAU, although Idaho did just lose to NAU two weeks ago, but because Idaho's not an unfamiliar opponent. It's not in an unfamiliar place. It's senior day in Bozeman. I don't think the Bobcats will have any problem with Idaho. It's 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 a good matchup for the Cats. It's a bad matchup for Idaho. They're going to have a sold-out stadium, senior day, blah, blah, blah. It's very unlikely. A catastrophe would have to happen for the Cats to stub their toe, whereas I don't really know how much I believe in the notion of an actual trap game, but there's a lot more uh, exterior factors that go into this one for the Grizz. So, again, I'm not proclaiming this is a trap game whatsoever. I don't even know if I believe in that notion, but you're right. First trip to a place in a long time, that's just a, it's a different dynamic. Like, none of these coaches have ever coached in Flagstaff besides Bobby Houck. That's crazy. Yeah, and I don't think NAU is a bad team either. I wrote no. I wrote this in my preview for Skyline Sports. I think they're just the most average team in the conference. <laughs> they're the only average team right, in the Right, they're the only average, there. right, which is like, it sounds like damning with faint praise, but this year, like, that's actually a good thing. Like, sure. you're beating the teams that you, you're beating bad teams, right. you're losing to good right. teams. You're not, a, you're not a bad football team. No. You're losing to, you know, you got they got blown out by Sac State, blown out by UC Davis, yeah. whatever. But they're beating all the bad teams in the conference. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they've got a lot of talent. I agree with you. I think that Idaho doesn't really have a chance in Bozeman on Saturday, but I think we could see some just some crazy stuff down in Flagstaff this week. We'll see. I hope not only because we have no rooting interest in any of this, but but these two teams stubbing their toe before the brawl. I mean, I guess it would it would set up some interesting scenarios, but... I want these two teams in the top five, man. I want to see a showdown, a throwdown in Missoula. So hopefully we get there. Up against it. So we'll take one more break. Then we'll get you all set for what's going on on Friday. And uh, send you home here on your Thursday. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. We're back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for being with us here on a Thursday. 
missed anything in today's show? All sorts of guests. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, swung by. We also heard from Tanner Klumpf, the Class AA Boys State Champion in Cross Country, and Kenzie May, the Class AA Girls State Champion in Cross Country. We also heard from Chris Chitovitsky, head coach of the UM Women's Soccer Team. Nate Michael of the Montana Volleyball Academy, local um, volleyball expert, swung by to talk all things volleyball, including the Class AA and all class, excuse me, volleyball tournament, which is taking place in Bozeman. And then we heard from Bobby Houck, talking a little Big Sky football. You can find everything from today's show in the Nuana is Now podcast, available on all your podcast hosting platforms. And proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Blackfoot Communications. Tomorrow, Dane Oliver will join us. Garden City Spotlight. We'll also hear from Caden Hewitt, Helena High quarterback. And we'll hear from Tucker Rovig, Montana State quarterback. Why Tucker Rovig? Well, I just find it fascinating. There's a guy in the state of Montana that started 20 games, none of which are during his senior year, none of which will be on Saturday during his senior day. And uh, he didn't transfer. He's still a captain of the team. I, I just think it's it's a testament to there is still a place for guys that just want to be a part of an organization that's successful. So we'll hear from Tucker Rovig as well. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Thursday night. We'll be back at it at 4 p.m. tomorrow. ESPN Radio. It's Nuanas Now. We'll see you then. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.